It is created mostly to sell things for capitalism. All of it is created for capitalism. It's my favorite story about how the female razors came to reality. They were not selling enough male razors, so they put this idea into women that body hair not supposed to be there. And that's how women started to shave. So anytime when you see that there is some kind of belief system programming coming to your mind, if you catch it, try to sit down and actually think, who does it belong to? Because I'm gonna guarantee you 99.9% it's not gonna be you. Welcome to Openly Spoken, the podcast to help you show up, speak out, and be seen. Here you'll get to eavesdrop on connected women's conversations about self-love, confidence, healing, relationships, creativity, and more. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, and I am your guide to getting you grounded into your body, feeling your full spectrum of emotion, and expanding your fullest self-expression. I also pop in here from time to time with solo episodes where I give you tips, tricks, and resources like meditations, visualizations, and all the things to get you grounded, to get you to feel, to get you to alchemize, and to get you to expand and express yourself fully. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I invite you to now put your hands on your heart, take a deep breath, set a tone for how you want to be as you show up for this podcast, take what resonates in this podcast, leave out what doesn't resonate, and take some time to reflect and to contemplate. And if there's anything in the podcast you want to chat about, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at selfexpressbabe. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Hello, welcome to Openly Spoken. My name is Celia. I'm so excited to be here with you on a Wednesday, our new day. Uh, I finally looked at my analytics and Wednesday was the day that most of you were all tuning in. And we're now a bi-weekly podcast because space needed to be created. We needed to say no to the hustle of having a new episode every week. So we are now bi-weekly on Wednesdays. And today I'm so excited to offer up this conversation I had with Fia last year. You're going to hear her uh, introduce herself as Sophie, but she goes by Fia now. And I'm just going to read off her little intro that she sent to me. Fia is a soul alignment coach dedicated to guiding women towards their truth through mindset reprogramming and embodiment. She's been exploring Eastern teachings, philosophies, and practices, as well as psychology for nine years. In 2021, Fia went back to school to study cultural anthropology and developmental psychology to be able to learn about and understand as many cultures as possible and use that knowledge in her work to guide them to alignment by knowing their ancestral history and societal programming. And we did talk about that in the episode. We also talked about capitalism and how things and ads then become things that are a part of culture. We talked about body image. We talked about inner dialogue. We talked about transforming fear. And it's such a good episode. I'm so excited to share it with you. I also want to share one more thing about Fia, that her life's purpose, this is beautiful. Her life's purpose is to remind every woman that she is not too much and not too little And that being raw and real is exactly what she needs to thrive. And yeah, so we started this conversation with the topic of ego and a lot of little subtopics came out and we did reference some specific posts that Fia made about ego in the past. And I have linked all of those in the caption or the show notes below, depending on where you are listening to this or if you are watching this on YouTube. And yeah, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. I'm excited to to talk to you today because I fucking love your content. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I have like some things set aside that I like, copied and pasted from some of your captions to bring up in our conversation today about ego. So oh, that's cool. I'm really excited. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's amazing. I would like to give you the space to introduce yourself and what Mm -hmm. is alive within you right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is alive within me right now? 
<laughs> yeah, I just I just came back from vacation, so my brain is a bit there, a bit jet lagged from such a long travel. Um, but let me see. So first of all, I want to say hello to everyone that is listening. I'm very happy that you're here, that you found your way to this podcast. Finally, to me, maybe since you probably already know Celia, <laughs> since you're here. Um, my name is Sophie, and I am a meditation and mindfulness teacher. That was the first thing I did when I decided that I wanted to do coaching. I went and I got certified with meditation and mindfulness because I feel like meditation was the key to everything for me, for my journey. And it's been eight, nine years since I started it. Um, but professionally, I've been doing it, I would say, three years. And now I call myself the soul alignment coach because I really like this idea of balance, of alignment. And I want to dedicate my life, to be honest, to help women understand that balance is exactly about how we like to call them the positives and the negatives because everybody uh-huh. wants to be happy <laughs> and everybody keeps seeking balance but then they're like oh when I feel pain that's not good mm. um, but in reality that's what is what balance is it's about both so that's why I call myself the soul alignment coach and to support my practice I enrolled into the cultural anthropology and development sociology course to help me with understanding how different cultures work and how they are structured because our ancestry is also the key to understanding who we are and how can we find balance in the present wow, moment. That's so interesting about going back to school for that. I feel like from everything you've mentioned of your journey, where you came from and like where that led to, I feel like we can go in so many different directions. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But we are going to try our best to keep our topic on talking about the ego because this is what we kind of like connected with on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I loved your posts about it. And something that's coming up right now is like, I'm so curious if like with learning about other cultures, are there different reactions to an ego or definitions to it? Or like, Absolutely. what did you experience with this mm-hmm. piece of the ego with mm-hmm. learning about different cultures? So the most important thing that we need to understand about people that we are truly all different. Uh, we do share same values sometimes and sometimes we do not. And a very important thing to understand about the ego is that also different cultures, if we're talking about cultures, they also have different perspective on ego. Some of them are collective ego. So they kind of perceive uh, ego as everybody's ego, you know, like everybody's happy, then the ego is happy. And if it's not it's not separated it's everybody for everybody mm. it's the collective and then there are other cultures that perceive ego as an individual thing and that happens more in i would say the western societies where we perceive um our ego as something at the top or some people on the opposite side like maybe in the east or everybody who's trying to go from west to the east uh, they're trying to let go of the ego Right. Um, But I am, I would say, somewhere in the middle because I feel like it's very important to find, again, balance between being too egocentric and between completely letting go of who you are. Because who you are in this form right now, that's what you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I believe in balance even in that. Yeah. And how did you come to this new perspective about the ego? Through your mindfulness practice, right? <laughs> yeah, I would say. So the, the most important thing and the most important realizations then come to me, they honestly come through meditation. Mm. Because, um, mm-hmm. again, people perceive meditation as just like, you know, sitting over there and like letting go of your thoughts. And that's kind of it. Uh, there are different types of meditation. There are so many of them. That's insane. Um, and sometimes my meditation is not actually letting go of my thoughts or focusing on my breath. Just by being here and seeing what's alive in my brain. Mm. And then I just sit there, I close my eyes and I'm like, where, where, where is my mind going to take me? And then I really come to those things. Um, sometimes it comes from conversations with other people. I love other people. I love talking. I'm definitely an um, 
extroverted introvert like I definitely Ooh, charge I off so my resonate. energy <laughs> yeah I definitely get charged by myself but sometimes mm-hmm. I do so with people as well and sometimes we have such conversations that then I'm like oh my god I can so much talk about it oh my god this can create such an amazing piece I can use it in my work I can use it with my um one-on-ones it's it it comes mm-hmm. and goes you know but usually it's through just being with myself clear of of the thoughts that I do not need. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too, this, this um, piece of like being alone and socializing and of looking at ego as like a collective ego and a separate ego, because with me, I've recently came to this uh, realization. It actually came through a book. I'm reading this money mindset book called Busting Loose from the Money Game. Mm-hmm. and it came through in that but it came through also right before with sitting with I like to sit and contemplate with like quantum truths like things like um everything exists as a possibility like I'll take that thought and I'll sit and like just like make space to think about it or sometimes I'll, it'll be like journaling and the thing that I that's come to my realization is that this concept of I and I would love to hear your thoughts about this this concept of I and me and mine and you know that like separate is actually not real it's something that like we've made up it's like a hallucination or something like that but but it's it's very helpful with like existing in our societies and you know having individual style and expression and like when we express it helps others it helps the collective but it's not actually real (laughs) yeah I see I see what you mean because in reality everything that we see around ourselves is something that we think of something that we perceive and it's it's the same logic as if um, we do create our own reality. We do create our new neuron connection in our brain. So whenever we want to see only the negative, we will always see just the negative. So that is our reality. And then when we try to, you know, rewind and try to look into the opportunistic uh, part of our reality, then we only see the opportunities from from crazy things. But we're like, okay, here is the opportunity for me for that. So yeah, we definitely do create our own realities. And you can call everything a hallucination, definitely. <laughs> Because truly, like we 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 need to be able to identify ourselves in order to exist within the society. So if we want to be living with other people and human is a social animal, we obviously need to be able to identify. And Mm -hmm. I really believe in this idea of being detached from the things, but attached and or connected to everything. Right. So. To, to truly feel the connection with the people, the things around you, your space, but at the same time, understanding that you're not attached to them, right? But you're connected to them because that way you're really able to appreciate things, love them truly, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you also understand that they might not always be there and then you're not holding this egocentric possession. So again, if you really are attached to things then you're on the egocentric part not on the you know closer to um more connected part of it Mm -hmm. I love that it's like you're kind of swapping out like being attached to belongings like things Mm -hmm. my cat wants my cat wants to be in the video (laughs) I love it (laughs) and you're connecting more with like a belonging like you belong to everything because it's Mm -hmm. all it's all one, it's all the same. And something for me that I, I'm i feeling really called to share for the listeners and maybe even for your thoughts is like something that's shifted my perspective on how I look at things like inanimate objects, like this candle right here, for example, is like realizing that this also has, is, is like a proof of consciousness or it's like a sign of consciousness because someone somewhere sat and was like I want to make this candle and they did it because like that's what they love to do and that's their thing so like everything essentially around us is consciousness and is love and it's all everything comes from there (laughs) 
Absolutely, yes. And then you attached your own meanings to that. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it creates <laughs> even an even bigger um connection with everything, right? So like it's it's mm-hmm. it's everything is connected always. That is why I feel like we constantly I don't know if it happens with you a lot, but it happens with me so much that it's crazy. So I am half Ukrainian, half Russian. Okay. I lived in New York, I lived in Brazil, and now I live in Amsterdam, right? And I keep meeting people with whom I have friends in common with whom we've been somewhere at the same places, you know? Because, like, I'm yeah. obviously the oldest one in my classes right now because, you know, everybody's, like, six years younger and sometimes <laughs> it's it's a bit hard. But sometimes you also meet people your age. And then I was talking to this girl and turned out we were at the same festival in Paris in 2017. And we were like, <laughs> what? And now we're classmates and now we're friends. Like, it's insane. How can you be connected to other people without mm-hmm. actually knowing that? Yeah. And that also allows me to feel like I'm not surrounded by my enemies I'm surrounded by friends everywhere Mm. you go you're surrounded by friends and that also helps your ego and your shadow to feel very good within your own skin because that way when you're trying to maybe start something new instead of feeling like everybody will judge you your thoughts are they will support me Mm. they'll think that it's so amazing that I'm doing what I actually want to do with my life and from that, so much magic can happen. Yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I love that about friends being everywhere. And yes, I've definitely had that same situation happen so many times of being in the same place or realizing even like my husband, like we we realized that like we lived on the same street at one point. And yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I also had this story with a friend of mine. She um, apparently I go to a lot of festivals, which is not true so much, but apparently I have a lot of stories <laughs> about festivals. And she actually told me that she's with her partner now for um, four years, I think. And she told me that eventually she found him on the background of one of the photos of her on the festival. And what? I've heard of this happening again so many times. So even when you're like, you, you sometimes don't even think about it, but you have so many people on the background. And maybe yeah. you'll meet them again, or maybe you just pass by them again, and then they'll become your friends as well. And again, with my friend, we when we found out we were at the same festival, we went through like all the pictures trying to find if we have each other in the background. But we didn't go too much into that. But I think we could find because we have so many videos from there. So it's That's amazing so how you can. It's amazing how you actually how the world is small. To be honest, it's not that big. Mm-hmm. That that makes me wonder if like all the people that we end up meeting, if maybe they exist in our background first or even like that, that is also bringing to mind so many things are coming into my brain right now. But <laughs> one of the things is like, you know, if there's something that you want to manifest, you start seeing everyone around you creating it. And instead mm-hmm. of instead of getting like jealous of like, why does she have that? I want that instead the reaction that I like to do is like, oh my gosh, it's coming towards me. <laughs> it's in my background is now what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I see what you mean. Absolutely. When you start wanting something, you meet people that have the same direction or had the same mm. direction, especially because it is, again, jealousy is an amazing feeling. Jealousy points you to what you want. It mirrors your true desires or... It triggers the things that you definitely don't want in your life. Maybe you still have. Mm. So it's one or the other. And I truly believe in also the rule of five. So if you want to make your... um, I talked about it on my Instagram recently as well. So if you want to make your dreams come true, your dreams to become your goals, to become your reality, you also need to surround yourself by the people that are pursuing the same direction because when I just started coaching I was the only one in my friend group surrounded by so many people but nobody was doing that and it felt weird to do that <laughs> because when nobody does something you're like okay what's wrong with me like maybe I'm yeah people don't do get that. it they're like what do you do do you have a job yeah. <laughs> yeah first of all people don't get it second of all you can't really share with them because they they're like 
good for you Sophie but like we don't get it and I understand that they don't get it and then later on I got into the masterminds I got into different programs and I was like okay now I have people that I can share those things with and then my growth was happening faster because I stopped feeling deep inside even if you even if you don't show it even if you keep ignoring it deep inside if you do not have people that have the same values as you you're like okay maybe I'm crazy why am I doing this I don't understand why I'm doing that nobody else is doing it because again human is a social animal and if you do not see and we're like monkeys you know repeating one after the other so if you do not see other people doing at least a similar thing than you do you are more likely to give up on your dreams just because you don't feel like it's possible because you don't see Mm -hmm. that it's possible Mm -hmm. that was so good (laughs) i had to put a fire emoji up (laughs) yeah i saw that I actually saw that post about the socializing and the big five. And I also saw a post where you said, I think you said jealousy is a representation of what's possible for you. Yeah. And you were talking about, you were talking about how judgment, I think you said something about like judgment being something that like material you can alchemize or something like that. Or maybe that's like what I, my thoughts. (laughs) Oh, wait, I have it here. You have it? said, every judgment is an invitation to dive deeper into your own programming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, Because, so, we keep thinking that if we judge something, and then, you know, it's something that is not for us, you know, like it's something that's away from us. Something that's away from you will never trigger you. Something that's away from you will never leave you with feeling something towards that you will definitely feel indifferent towards something that you do not attach yourself to so when there is the judgment there is attachment and there is something mm. that is painful within you that you still need to heal let go of understand within yourself to actually transform it into acceptance mm-hmm. because you cannot if if other people judge you, if if you judge other people, you can never change them. I keep thinking this phrase for so many days that like it's easier to change a person than to change a person. Hmm. What is that? Like mean? you can you cannot change another person, mm-hmm. but you can change them on another person. Like for example, for example, like the, the easiest thing. If you have this toxic friend, mm-hmm. you will never change them. You can only change a friend find another one uh, so you can okay. never change a person you can only change a person because you can only work within yourself and you can decide that you want to change but you will never be able to transform another person unless they want to transform themselves so when you judge another person and this is also your desire to change them mm-hmm. because you don't like the way they are mm. and this is first yeah. is something within you Maybe it's control. Maybe you want to control someone. But why do you want to control someone? Maybe because somebody was controlling you. Or maybe because you're scared you're attached to them. You're scared to lose them. So if they are not under your control, they are free to go. But if you're connected to them, you're not going to want to change them. You're not going to want to judge them. You're just going to be there for them. And if eventually this connection fades away, then it's a space for something better to come up. And for you to so grow. True. Mm-hmm. So true. <laughs> yeah. Life is very interesting with showing us so many different things. And I have felt so much judgment towards other people. And I feel like it was mostly because I could not believe how brave they are mm. for not caring about what other people will Thing and that again comes to uh, what I'm studying right now because I kind of grew up in both Ukraine and Russia, and um, I would say in Russia the things are very conservative, mm-hmm. so you can't really, you know, show off. You need okay. to be like everyone else, kind of. Not maybe right now, things are changing always. But when I was growing up, it was like, don't show too much of this. Don't do too much of that. Don't attract attention. Don't make friends. You come to school to study, not to make friends. Things like that. Mm. So 
with that, I would start judging people that were doing the opposite of what I was told, what in reality I desired to do. Mm. So our judgments are usually the things that we want to do. That makes so much sense. And that like ties back into our little piece about everything being made up. Like we're, when we have that judgment, like we're projecting what's, what story we're creating when really like a person that we're judging, they have their own higher self, they have their own desires, they have their own dreams. And like, they're allowed to follow that in their own way. They don't have to do it in a way that you agree with because it's Mm -hmm. their own life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially because you know what I like about, um, again, those things, this is how we see other people. Like if you look at me right now and I'm holding a book in front of you, And the book, the cover of the book is red, but I'm telling you it's black. The book is black. You might be like, you're crazy. It's red. But then I turn my side to you and my side of the book is actually black. Because my (laughs) perspective will always differ from yours because it's so many things. Your experiences, the way you grew up, your culture, every person you met, every place you've been to, everything you read about, everything you watched about, like everything creates your whole reality. So when it's it's very hard honestly it's it's not even hard it's stupid honestly to judge other people because their perspective is always very different and will never be the same as yours like that's what i feel like the easiest thing to understand and the hardest thing to actually um accept within mm. ourselves is that another person will never be 100% like us not our friends not our partners not our parents no one and the only thing we can do is actually love them unconditionally. Yeah. And it's a better use of our energy. Like if we're unhappy to see what we can change or mm-hmm. realign within ourselves mm-hmm. instead of other people, that's just wasting energy. Because like you Absolutely. said, like people don't change if they don't want to change. Absolutely. So going back to this piece of judgment, I have another thing from your um, Instagram mm-hmm written down um about so this was your post about showing up on camera Mm -hmm. and you said that showing up on camera shows a lot about your love and trust for yourself Mm -hmm. and when I read that I was like hmm this is like another good piece to bring into a conversation about the ego Mm -hmm. and a conversation about how like we're making up these fears and these scenarios that aren't actually real Mm -hmm, so I would mm -hmm. love to know in that like what is coming through for you to share so first of all um it's it's a very important piece that I wrote and I definitely suggest to everyone to actually go I I don't post that many posts right now because I'm very busy with many things so it's not far away uh Mm -hmm. to read it and actually see it because it's very important but I'm going to post it in the show notes. I'm going to write down a note to post it in show notes so that it's below for people to find. Great. So um, while you do that, I'll I'll share what I have to say. So that actually came to me during the photo shoot that I was doing for myself. So I love doing Mm. photo shoots, but that was not always the same. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it wasn't always like this. And it's so interesting because I remember many times um, when I lived in Brazil, we lived in this beach house and it wasn't, you know, like perfect Pinterest. Like it was not like that. And I remember when my boyfriend's family saw uh, what kind of content I was producing from that house, they were like, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> like this house does not look like that. And I'm like, that's the way I see it. You can just find, you can always find the angles. You can always find like pretty things and just make it up. So when I was uh, taking those photos, this photo that is on the post, I was actually thinking about the fact that I could never before look at myself and be like, damn, she's hot. Like I could not mm. do that. Mm. And that also was coming from a part of me that when we do not love ourselves, it's very hard for us to look in the mirrors. Mm -hmm. So forget the photo shoots, you avoid mirrors. How can you actually go there and like take a take photos of yourself? And I always recommend with everybody that wants to actually start this for me, it's like an embodiment practice, to be honest, like for real. And um, to start doing those little photo shoots at home with yourself. 
You don't need anybody else. You don't need a photographer. You just need something that you feel nice about to wear or maybe nothing, whatever works. And just uh-huh. like stand in front of the camera and just like look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Like how I do it, I record videos and then I just break them into screenshots because it's the easiest thing to do again. And when I do it with the frontal camera, I actually see my angles. I see how I look. I see how I move and it actually inspires me, right? And it allows me to feel like, okay, that looks good. You, you see right away what works and what's not. And when you're taking a photo of yourself, the more you show your face, the more you show your body shows about how much you love yourself and how much you accept yourself for who you are. Because in the society, we have certain standards of the body, of the face. And first of all, in different societies, they're different. That already shows you that everything is a hallucination because different societies mm-hmm. have different perspectives. That means that there is no standard. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it is created mostly to sell things for capitalism. All of it is created yes. for capitalism. It's my favorite story about how the female razors came to reality. Mm. They were not selling enough male razors. They wanted to sell more. So they put this idea into women that body hair not supposed to be there. And that's how women started to shave. Whoa, so they decided to Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They decided that we they wanted to sell more, so they did this. So anytime when you see that there is some kind of belief system programming coming to your mind, try to if you catch it, try to sit down and actually think who does it belong to? Mm. Whose voice does it have? Because it can because I'm going to guarantee you 99.9% it's not going to be you. Mm-hmm. If it's you, then you have the opportunity to change something. But if it's a commercial, if it's a TV show, if it's a model, if it's your parents, if it's your boyfriend, um, if it's your friends or something else, then it's not yours. Then it's not supposed mm-hmm. to be there. So you need to actively keep working on relieving that because this is not you. This does not belong to you. Mm-hmm. It's a t-shirt that doesn't fit because it's not yours. Yeah. So yeah, the more I was accepting myself and accepting my body with the way it is, and I'm a very short person, I'm 4.9. I'm like, I'm very short. And sometimes it can be also hard for me. And I remember that I wasn't accepting my height mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, I'm tiny. People are making fun of me. They always ask for my ID everywhere. It's just very mm-hmm. funny, you know, like... I went to the spa the other day with my mother and they were like, are you 14? <laughs> and, um, and I was like, like, I'm 23. Like, what the hell? You know, so it was like super funny. And I at first I was like very um, self-conscious about that part of myself. But then I was like, OK, you know what? That's fine. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. And it's it's my thing. And it's mm-hmm. OK. So everything that we have within ourselves is just our thing. And that's, again, what makes us different. And nobody will mm-hmm. be like us and we will never be like anyone else. And that's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how, like, no matter what body we're in, we have those insecurities. Like, for me, I'm 5'10", so I'm, like, a whole mm-hmm. foot taller than you. And even mm-hmm. I had insecurities about my height. And it wasn't until I saw girls who were really tall wearing heels like in real life like in classes in my college that I was like huh they look great I can do that too like why not mm-hmm. <laughs> like somebody else showing up in their liberation and their light really gives you that permission and then um there was something that you just said that I wanted to touch on but it's floating away so I guess I'll just maybe it will come oh. back I wanted to share that. Yeah, right. There it is. (laughs) It's because you said maybe it'll come back. The universe Mm -hmm. heard it'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being mind blown when I found out that um, there's this like narrative of when a man proposes to you that they Mm -hmm. have to spend like I think it's three months salary or four months salary or something like that. I remember being mind blown when I heard that the first time that was like introduced, it was in a 
fucking commercial. <laughs> it was in a commercial and then it became like a societal thing. It's so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. This like whole capitalism. Absolutely. Bullshit. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, they just, it's so interesting. I live in Amsterdam and the capitalism started here. So it's very oh. interesting. Yeah, capitalism started in the Netherlands. And it's very interesting how um, things are working because that's, again, another invitation for us to adjust that belief system, that thought in your mind, even when you want that engagement ring uh, for, you know, a crazy price, but your loved one cannot afford it. <laughs> do you care more about the diamond or do you care more about the loved one? I have to say, I was... Um, attached to that idea mm -hmm. and I wanted my loved one to get me the most amazing engagement ring and I and we even had like arguments about that um, because he was like babe this is not possible right now and at first I was like why is it not possible right now you know but then I was like okay it's not about a stupid ring it's about the person I want to marry in the mm -hmm. future it's the exactly. most important thing yeah. and this thing that you need to have a huge diamond and I'm the girl that prefers moonstones anyway you know, like I always preferred moonstones, but at some point I really wanted a diamond um, just because like I felt like it was the societal standard. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then we had this conversation and they we were like, let's just see what we like. It's not about what stone going to be there. It's something that's just going to look nice, you know, on me. Yeah. So it's it's this thing is very hard, like. A lot yeah. of people have that. A lot of women have that, I would say. A lot of my friends also have that. Some of them that are engaged, they were like, I thought the diamond would be bigger. And I'm like, yeah, but do you love the guy? <laughs> She's like, yeah. I'm like, that's what's important. Because again, we have so many stories about people that make fortunes that are unhappy. And why yeah. they are unhappy? Because their goal is constantly to make money. Yeah. It's an empty goal. It's an empty goal. Mm -hmm. Money's supposed to be a source of something and it's supposed to direct you to something. Um, and it's supposed to serve your nervous system, I would say. Mm, you know, to make sure that so you can good. pay rent, that mm -hmm. you can have food, that you can have water, I don't know, clothing to wear, um, maybe travel, whatever, whatever serves your nervous system. A spa. Mm -hmm. By the way, Balinese massage is the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> so yeah that's what's supposed to that's what money's supposed to do not so do not let yourself get into this capitalistic marketing of having so many things because in reality we do not need them what you feel mm -hmm. connected to get it if you feel yeah. attached to it throw it away mm -hmm. or me, give it to someone who may need it yeah yeah for me, the the thing that I recognized in myself that I took on was like this need to have this big, beautiful, fancy wedding. And um, I remember when I got engaged, I got engaged right before the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I remember even having this like, someone loves me like this, like, oh, this diamond is so beautiful. And like being in my ego with it, like there's this... Um, there's this comedian, oh, I don't remember her name. I think it's Taylor Tomlinson or something. Taylor okay. Thompson. And she she has this set where it's called like Quarter Life Crisis. She's talking about how she's 25 and how she broke off an engagement. And <laughs> she was sharing about how when she put the ring on, how she like turned into a total bitch. And <laughs> she'd be at the grocery <laughs> store. Or she'd be at like Target and she'd be like, oh, I don't need help. Someone loves me. <laughs> and like, oh, my that, God, that's that hilarious. kind of yeah, that kind of energy of like being better than other people. I mm -hmm. definitely I definitely took that on when I mm -hmm, got engaged mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in a mm -hmm. small way. And right away, I started planning the wedding. I bought my dress right away. We were mm -hmm. planning this like big wedding on a horse ranch in Montana. Mm hmm. And then the pandemic happened and mm -hmm. with the pandemic, like it really had us sit with and be like, what are we doing with our life? Like, what do we Damn. actually want? What do we really believe? And like, our, mm -hmm. like, what do we really want to create? And it like helped us really let go of mm -hmm. this idea of like having this big wedding. And we ended up just going to the courthouse 
And even at the courthouse, I didn't end up wearing my dress. I'm like, I want to wear a white dress because it was something that was told to me that I should mm. do. Like, I get it. My my husband is the one that brought that up. He was like, we were having a conversation about it. And I'm like, wow, you're so right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very interesting how those programmings and those societal rules affect us, especially with the weddings, especially because like for my partner and I, it's, it's a very hard topic in terms of my family is in Russia and Ukraine. His family is mm. in Brazil, so the opposite continents. Mm. And then we also have friends everywhere in the world. So when are we actually going to do it? How are we going to do it? And how many, how much money other people have to have to actually attend it? You know what I mean? Because not everybody's on yeah. the same page. You know, not everybody can afford a thousand euro ticket, you know? Yeah. And then like so, the yeah. the list, like you want to keep it small and then it just mm -hmm. gets like we wanted it small and just kept getting mm -hmm. bigger and bigger and bigger. So it mm -hmm. felt really good to just let it go. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, it's great, especially because, you know, like I truly believe that if you want to have a grand wedding, you absolutely can do it. But it's also important to remember that you also need a place to live. Like you just need to yeah. make sure that it's not going to cost you your life afterwards like you know like today you're you're celebrating with i don't know champagne fountains and then the next day you're like okay how am i gonna pay rent for the next month because i spent everything exactly so, that was our thought fair. we were like yeah. let's buy a house instead mm -hmm. of putting ourselves yeah. in debt to pay a wedding like i know so many people who are divorced and they're still paying off their loans from their wedding yeah and you know what comes <laughs> up to me right now my favorite tv show in the world is friends oh i love so that much. show and I remember when Phoebe and Mike were planning their wedding. Phoebe's my favorite character, although mm -hmm. I'm Monica, to be honest. Uh, and everybody, <laughs> everybody was like, it was so funny because they were constantly, Phoebe was constantly within this, should we have a grand wedding or should we give it to charity? Should we have a grand wedding or should mm. we have, give it? So it, you can see how her um, ego and how her programming was jumping around her basically common sense. Mm -hmm. The fact that she just wanted to have a wedding, but the society and other friends, other people were telling her, no, 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 you're supposed to have a big wedding, you're supposed to have this and that. So that is actually very interesting. And the fact that you really need to decide, is it what you want or is it what other people want? Exactly. Or expect of you, not even want, expect from you. Yeah. And it's really hard too when like uh, your best friends are like, no, but we have to have like, I remember when I was planning my bachelorette, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really resonate with like going somewhere and partying and getting drunk and, and, and all of that kind of stuff uh -huh. that's like mm -hmm. in media. I'm more of like, I want to go somewhere in nature and go to a nice ass spa mm -hmm. and be mm -hmm. in luxury of nature and like pampering my body. And I remember having friends like, no, we got to like go to Vegas or get drunk or, you know, all of those things. And I'm like, that just doesn't sound fun to me. And I'm not saying that doing that is bad. It's it's just this like getting to a space of where you recognize your desires and you stand for them and you don't mold mm -hmm. yourself to fit into and, and please the people around you. I think getting to that space is just... <laughs> yeah no that's that's amazing exactly and it's about also holding your boundary within what kind of person you are and what kind of person you want to be because people will always talk and people will always say no but you gotta do that no but you gotta mm -hmm. do this and you're like no I'm gonna do what I want to do because it's my life and you're exactly. not being rude at that moment you're being authentic and you're following the balance between your highest self your ego and your shadow that's the balance mm -hmm. that we all need to proceed to a little bit of ego, a little bit of shadow, and then everything is great. Yeah, I love it. And even though that fear comes up, like there's something that you said in one of your posts about how like fear will never control your life. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually copied and pasted something that your boyfriend said to you mm -hmm. at, in in that post about like, so you were talking about how you felt fear because imposter syndrome came up mm -hmm. and you were feeling like a fraud. And... I love what he said. He said, a real fraud never thinks he's a fraud. He thinks he's a genius. That was so good. <laughs> I got myself a very wise man. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I remember when he said that, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, he's right. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's like my, I always say that he's my biggest spiritual teacher because he's always mm. 
he's always saying the right thing for me because he's again there for me in the moment yeah. so he's not trying to put me on how he thinks life is he's just trying to remind me of basically the universal truths because for sure the imposter will never think that they are an imposter they're just gonna be like okay that's amazing i'm, I'm super cool i'm great uh-huh. so yeah that that phrase stuck for me stuck with me for a very long time and um i also have something to say about fear uh this is some practice that i started doing recently and it helps me and other people that i teach it to as well i taught it i recently have my had my first women's circle and it was amazing it was meditation mindfulness shadow work and it was it was great the women were so happy and i was talking to them about that because they were like when i feel fear like i don't know how to get over it so we feel fear in our stomach Mm. but another thing that we feel there in that area is actually excitement and 90 i think i'm not sure but I think 90% of our happiness is actually in our bowels. Like all those happy hormones are actually in our bowels. I think it's 90%. Of, I'm, I don't truly mm-hmm. remember. So whenever you feel fear, you are able to transform it into excitement. Because fear mm-hmm. is excitement. When it when you're about to start something new, again, you're, it's very hard for your consciousness, for your mind to be like, okay, we're going to switch now. Because uncomfortable comfort zone is actually, is also a comfort zone right yeah. so so when you feel fear you're always able to transform it into excitement and be like oh i'm about to start something yay i get to start something i have so much so many opportunities so much time still to like try so many things so it's it's always good to transform that fear into excitement because that helps with actually pursuing with your goals and your dreams without actually being like okay that's scary it is but it's also cool mm-hmm I love that. That's so good. I know so many people are going to be deeply served by hearing that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. I want to move into, uh, there are a few questions I like to ask at the end of Of every episode. The first one is, what does self-love mean to you? I would say that self-love is about honoring yourself. Like, you can believe in whatever you want. You can believe in God. You can believe in reincarnation. So many things that you get to believe to in this world. But what you remember is this life. Mm-hmm. And by honoring yourself, by loving yourself, you get to create this life amazing. And I always connect self-love to actually honoring myself because I really want to live this life in a way that when I am about to exit this consciousness, I'll be like, I did what I wanted to do and I did not hold back. Mm. That's like my, that this fear actually what guides me through life because I do not mm. want to live with regrets. Yeah. So self-love for me is honoring myself. And then finish this phrase, the way to my heart is... Wow, so such interesting um, <laughs> things that you're you're bringing. They actually make my brain be like, okay, let's think about it. Say that again. It's a mini. It's a mini coaching session. <laughs> mm, I love it. Yeah. Say that again. The way to my heart is through honesty. Mm. Like I don't care what a person is. I just want them to be honest with me and themselves because that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And then when do you feel most alive? I would say, honestly, after meditation, because that allows me to calm my thoughts down. Because um, there's this idea that if you don't have thoughts, you're dumb. In reality, <laughs> like when you have less thoughts in your mind, you actually get to do more because your brain is not wasting time on thinking about thousands of things that actually don't matter in this moment. So meditation allows me to create more space between the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel connected. And when I create, you know, I'm I'm just feeling so happy. So yeah, that puts me in this state where I get to actually do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. So true. That brings to mind like the, the, you were talking about balance between positive and negative earlier. Mm-hmm. That brings to mind like balance between like masculine and feminine energetics. Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. you nurture the feminine side and make space then when you go into like working or creating or doing something productive like that gets to be 
mm-hmm. way more magical and way more potent and way more powerful. Yeah, so classic meditation. Yeah, classic meditation is definitely uh, more about structure, more about like um, um, mm-hmm. more more masculine, and then it invites the feminine into the the play. Yeah. Absolutely, and also the more um, the more I meditate, the more I see that like how much change it brings into my life and and that's why I always teach meditation and I even have a little gift for everybody that's listening (laughs) so yeah I again want to thank everybody that is there for us that got to hear and will listen to more and I just want to say that um if you feel like you want to try my meditations because I'm a big fan of guided meditations I have a meditation for you uh, it's a body scan meditation, specifically recorded in in my way, in my style, if I can say. So if you DM me that you're from this podcast and you want this meditation, um, DM me and I'll send it to you. Awesome. I have one last question. Mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> Saving the best for last. <laughs> okay, I'm ready and scared and excited. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite part about being a woman? Okay, I would say how how artistic I am, I would say. Mm. Like, again, um, my boyfriend and I, we always talk about it, that um, I, I always see things very creatively and artistically, and I always am able to create so many things. Like, I feel like I am... I am very creative and I feel like that comes from my feminine part. I paint and I do so many things and... Uh, it's even very sweet that sometimes uh, he has a digital marketing company and sometimes when he creates something, he looks at me because he needs that creativity. So he kind of looks at me and he taps into that. So he calls me his muse. And it's very interesting oh. that like artist is in me as a woman, I would say, for me at least. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at selfexpressedbabe, and that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.